Hey, welcome back. This is Jindo. We've had a couple of what we call around here technical non-problems with uh, our camera this morning. But this is all of life. Life is filled with problems. We call them non-problems because in our Zen practice, even as we have so many problems and questions in life, we also drop away problems and the questions. And that, my friends, is our subject today and has been for the past many weeks. The Shin Shin Ming. Today I want to close out our talks about the Shin Shin Ming with the grand finale. It ends like a Beethoven symphony with a big finish. But it's a beginning. These things go round and round. There is no end. There is no beginning. And you know, sometimes I think what we've been talking about all these weeks is so simple. You know, as a matter of fact, sometimes I think that at its heart, Buddhism is so simple. And it's just that so many Buddhist monks and philosophers for a couple of thousand years had much too much time on their hands and mucked around with it and philosophized about it and analyzed details about it and put complexity on complexity. It's a little bit like making soup. The Buddhist conception was to take beautiful, clear, pure water and toss in all the ingredients of life, the tomatoes, the vegetables, the potatoes, the bitter things and the sweet, even a few poisons. And in the cooking, in the boiling, we find something simple, harmonious, tasty. It's as simple as cooking soup, except in this soup, nothing is excluded. Everything in the whole universe and the kitchen sink is in there and it's all comes out to a tasty, nourishing, harmonious, beautiful whole. It's as simple as cooking soup. And then for 2,000 years all the Buddhist philosophers and commentators, folks like me, couldn't start stop yapping about it. About what's a tomato and how much salt should you put in and when does the cooking soup begin and when is it finished and what temperature should you cook it at. And for 2,000 years, yapping, 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 they made it so complex, so hard, and it's really so simple. When we read something like the Shin Shin Ming, it's that simple soup recipe. The Shin Shin Ming is a recipe for cooking the Buddha's soup. And you can almost leave aside everything else. So let's one more time dive in. We're at the passage that says, Consider motion in stillness, and stillness in motion. Both movement and stillness disappear. The whole thing about the Xin Xing Ming, the Xin Xin Ming thing, is for me these non exclusive ways to live 
be, experience, shine through life. Stillness amidst life's motion. A peace amidst all the broken pieces and chaos of life. Likes and dislikes amidst a world where there's so much to like and so much to dislike. Being free of likes and dislikes amidst all that. If you can learn to live, as I like to say, on two channels at once or like two faces of a no-sided coin, bringing it all together, I think you're really on to what the Shinshin Ming is about. And it's not rocket science. It's a beautiful way to live. And even if I'm wrong about what the Buddha meant, or the Shinshin Ming meant, or what Buddhism teaches, even if I'm wrong, I'm going to tell you this. This works so well, I'm going to keep it. And for that reason, in my heart, I believe, I know, I trust, I have faith. More than that, I have conviction that this is the right way. That's why it's called faith in mind. Trust in mind. I trust in this. If we find the motion in the stillness, and not only that, the stillness in the motion, where both movement and stillness are there, yet disappear, where the likes and dislikes, the beautiful things and the ugly things are there, yet also not, where there's war and there's peace, but yet not in a beautiful wholeness and peace, then we're on to something. We continue, when such dualities cease to exist, oneness itself cannot exist. Even the concept of one doesn't mean anything without thoughts of two and three. That's how one it is, one beyond one, so whole, so complete, nothing to compare it to, nothing missing, nothing to add. All the little pieces are still there in our life, but yet there is this wholeness and completeness, so one beyond one, that it's the great peace, as I say, the holy, holy, whole. Through this ultimate finality, no law or description applies. You just have to know it. You just have to taste it. All my words here are just trying to describe a work of art in the museum. You have to see it for yourself. How do you describe Rembrandt's painting in words to someone who cannot see it? But when you see it, there it is. That's why this faith in mind, this trust in mind, is a knowing of mind when you experience this, this wholeness, this union that sweeps in even all the broken pieces. I think we're losing the video again, perhaps, into emptiness, but that's okay. We can still hear each other, and that's what counts. We're still together.
even if we cannot see each other right now. The Shin Shin Ming continues, For the unified mind in accord with the way, all self-centered striving ceases. Doubts and irresolutions vanish, and life in true faith is possible. Again, in a world where things do not disappear, where you are still there as long as you're living anyway, and I am still here as long as I'm still breathing, and the mountains are still here, and the stars, and the good things, and the people we love, and the things we love, and the things we find ugly, and the things we do not like, the things we fear, even in that world, if we can find that unified mind in accord with the way, the way things flow, if we can just find that union with the great flowing, just casting out our arms and flowing with the flowing, you know the saying, going with the flow, this is being the flowing, all self-centered striving ceases even in a world where we must work so hard and strive, even in a world where it's sometimes not so easy, even as that is so, all self-centered striving ceases, all at once, at one. It's not mutually exclusive to live in all these ways at once. Doubts and irresolutions vanish, even in a world where we have our doubts and our fears and our worries. When we taste this whole, when we know this whole, this great peace, there is no doubt. There are no more irresolutions. And a life in true faith is possible. That faith is such a loaded word, especially for some people coming to Buddhism from other religions. But in truth, it is a great faith because it's a great trust, because it is a great knowing. You may have to have faith and trust in what the Buddha said, or I'm saying, or what the Shin Shin Ming says, before you taste it for yourself. But once you awaken to it, once you begin to know it, live it, be it, see it shining through you and in all things, once there is this great awakening and illumination it's not a matter of faith it's a matter of having experienced and been this and knowing it in a single stroke it is true the Shin Shin Ming continues with a single stroke we are freed from bondage nothing clings to us and we hold to nothing it happens in a moment it may come it may fade away from times people think that when you have these moments of wisdom and clarity that it, you're finished, it's done, you're going to live as an enlightened Buddha being forever and ever. But it does come and go, you know, and it comes back, fortunately. It has for me, year in, year out, for all these decades I've been practicing. But suddenly in an instant, even at the most confused, even at the most painful, when I was sitting in the emergency room a few weeks ago with a child who who we could have lost, and I was filled with fear and confusion and chaos and even anger at the universe for, for doing this to a small child. Suddenly there was, in a single stroke, a moment of clarity, 
moment of wholeness, a moment of just, this is the flowing, and it was okay somehow. Of course, my child was still sick, and it wasn't okay for many days, many weeks. But somehow it was okay in a single stroke, and nothing clings. There was nothing to hold on to. Just cast out your arms and go with the flow. All is empty, clear, and self-illuminating. This word empty, as you know, in Buddhist emptiness is not empty as in nothing is there. So I would prefer here perhaps the word all is liberation and liberated. All is suddenly clear. All is self-illuminating. This light shines through all things, and it's all whole just by dropping the aversions, the attractions, the likes and dislikes, just by dropping the resistance, just by dropping all thought and questioning of the problems, even in a world of problems and questioning, even dropping all thought of uh, the ugliness, uh, even in a world that's sometimes so ugly, dropping all thought of what may occur tomorrow and what occurred yesterday, even in a, word, a world where sometimes yesterday was so hard and tomorrow is so scary. Even for a moment, if you just drop it away, cast your arms out in a single stroke, there is just the liberation, just the clarity, just the illumination. With no exertion of the mind's power, the mind is momentarily at rest. At rest means not asleep. At rest means resting and stable and still, like a great mountain resting on the earth. It is resting. There is no exertion. The mountain does not exert itself. It just is strong and stable and sitting. And that is how we sit. Strong, stable, and sitting in Zazen. Without exertion. Here thoughts, feelings, knowledge, and imagination are of no value. Again, as long as we live as human beings with these wonderful brains, we're going to be filled with thoughts and feelings and knowledge and imagination. There are people in our Sangha this week who said they just can't give up the philosophizing, the analyzing, the Wikipediaing, the getting the facts. And that's okay. That's what it is to be human. And we can even think and feel and have knowledge about Buddhism and Buddhist teachings and imagine things too as the sutras are filled with these great imaginary worlds meant to convey the teachings. But also in a moment of living, a moment of zazen, beyond the thinking, beyond the feeling, beyond the knowledge and imagination, there's just this great knowing, this great wisdom and compassion, this wholeness, and we just taste it, live it, be it, and it shines. We can think about what this means, you can think about how to feel peace. You can think about how to feel happy. But the best way to be peaceful and content and even happy is to stop thinking. And suddenly all the broken pieces in the non-thought come together and there is a strange peace, contentment, and wholeness, even joy, happiness. When we stop thinking about how to be peaceful, we're suddenly whole and peaceful. When we drop our ugly feelings and feelings even of 
how we wish to feel is a great contentment and joy when the mind is simplified open all the broken pieces of life come together even in a world that is still filled with so much broken glass the wholeness of the mirror shows itself all is reflected in the mirror without rejecting any of it without running towards or away from any of it all that's reflected in the mirror is just reflected without resistance in great clarity in the illumination of the mirror and our mind is like this mirror and nothing is rejected this is suchness and so the Shinshin Ming continues in this world of suchness there is neither self nor other than self notice that it says that there is not other than self usually we divide this world into that which is us and that which is not us and this little us is constantly judging the not us as the things we like the things we feel so so about or the things we really detest the things we're fearful for the things we crave and desire what we need the self is always judging the not self in this case we quit all that and there is neither self nor other than self and yet again Xin Xin Ming's view is not that the world disappears sometimes when we're sitting Zazen we may enter a realm so deep so profound that there truly is no self no thought of other all the boundaries disappear but so long as we're alive there is the self and these things that are other than self but they come together in our Zazen as non-mutually exclusive perspectives the world of self and other the world without self and other and so there is neither self nor is there other than self even as we live as little selves in this world it's not that reality disappears it's that we come into harmony with it let's read the next next packet passage to come directly into harmony with this reality just simply say when doubt arises not to notice that Buddhists often speak of not to you know people think that to be a Buddhist is to be one with the universe this is true and in the realm of life we have things that are divided one two three four five things a million things a million billion trillion things they don't disappear so we don't say we become one with them we say we become not two there's one there's two at the same time there's the wholeness and there's also the whole pie and all the slices of the pie at once the pie is the whole the tasty beautiful whole the great soup is the whole but in the soup is all the individual pieces a spoon of this a spoon of carrots and a spoon of peas 
and a spoon of bitter leaves. It's not two. It's not just one, because it's all the individual pieces of our life, the bitter parts, the sweet parts. They're still there, even though the soup is one. So it's not two. And the soup is cooked into this harmonious whole. And we are cooked into the soup in this harmony with this reality. Just simply say when doubt arises, not two. In this not two, nothing is separate. Nothing is excluded. Nothing is separate. All comes together like Indra's net, where every jewel of the net, every link of the net, reflects and contains and holds and is supported by and supports every other link in the one great net. You're a part of this net. I'm a part of this net. Everything that has ever happened in space and time or ever will happen in the past or the present or the future is part of this net, all shining into each other, all supporting each other, all illuminating each other, all holding each other. In this not too, says the Shin Shin Ming, in this not too, nothing is separate, nothing is excluded. Do not push any part of life away, even the parts we try to push away. We push away our sick children, we push away our sick selves, we push away our fears for life, our fears for our jobs and our well-being and our family and the peace of the world. We push it all the way. Come on in, a visitor. We push it all the way, but do not push any part of life away. Hold it all. Nothing is excluded. Nothing at all is pushed away. You can't see because we don't. We just uh, don't have the camera right now. But uh, we have uh, one of our Japanese guests here, so I'm just going to talk to. Nothing is pushed away, yet it's somehow cooked into this great soup of the natu. No matter where or when, enlightenment means entering this truth. It's not found just in a temple. It's not found just on the zafu, though that is our place of practice. It is found in the nursery, in the emergency room, in the funeral home. It's found in the birthday party. It's found in the office. It's found in the city streets. It's found in the, in the alleyways where the drug addicts are. It's found in the bars. It's found in the brothels. It's found in the churches that we, we think it's not found in Christianity. It's not found in Judaism. No, it's found everywhere. It is found on the mountaintops. It is found on the planet Mars and in Alpha Centauri. It is found in the smallest atom. There is no place where it is not found. No matter when or where, says the Shin Shin Ming. Enlightenment means entering this truth that in a world of emergency rooms and birthday parties and nurseries, in a world of offices and alleyways with drug addicts, it is found everywhere, and there is no broken alleyway filled with drug addicts. There is no emergency room. There is no planet Mars that's separate. It's all whole and comes together. All drops away into the great, delicious, beautiful soup of Natu. The Shin Shin Mings continues. 
And this truth is beyond extension or diminution in time or space. And it is a thing, and in a single thought is 10,000 years. There's a beautiful view of Buddhism where time is not long or short. We think, so, we think our lives are so short. We think the days we hate are so long. But in this great not too, there is no long and there is no short. There is no too short and there is no too long. Everything is just as long and short as it is. In a single moment, in a single thought, in a single instant, an instant within an instant is contained 10,000 years, is contained all of time and space. Nothing is pushed away. It's all the great dance of emptiness, the great harmonious, beautiful bubbling of the soup is this great dance of emptiness where the carrots and the potatoes and the bitter fruits and vegetables all boil together. Emptiness here, says the Xin Ming. Emptiness there. But the infinite universe stands always before our eyes. Do not shut your eyes to the things, to the beautiful things and the ugly things. In Zazen, we do not shut our eyes. And yet we see simultaneously emptiness everywhere. Emptiness here, emptiness there. The infinite universe stands always before our eyes if you can see it. You don't have to shut your eyes, meditate to escape this world. You can see it right before your eyes and in your very eyes too. You're part of it. It's all this great dance of emptiness if you can see it. Nothing is to be left out. It is infinitely large and infinitely small. No difference for definitions have vanished and no boundaries are seen. So too with being and non-being. Buddhist philosophers, like I said, used to argue about how to make soup. And some of those arguments would be about whether, for example, the universe is infinitely large or an atom is infinitely small, or whether it's both at once, or whether a chair is a chair, whether a Buddha is a Buddha, and where a Buddha begins and a sentient, ordinary, fallible, imperfect being begins, where are the boundaries? In this view of emptiness, we drop all thought of large and small. There is no difference. All definitions vanish of what is a chair and what is the stars and what is a Buddha and what is a imperfect imperfect being vanish away and we taste that great harmonious soup that boils and contains it all that is Buddha that is you too. Don't waste time in doubts and philosophical arguments that have nothing to do with this. Just sit, just sit in a world of ugliness and beauty and aversions and attractions. Just sit, dropping all thoughts of ugliness and beauty and aversion and attractions of chaos or peace. And what results is somehow, miraculously, a great harmony, a great beauty, 
a great piece. Don't just take my word for it. Don't just have faith in it. Experience it for yourself and your non-self too. One things, all things, move among and intermingle as we chanted this morning, interacting even as they stand on their own. One thing, all things move among and intermingle without distinction. To live in this realization is to be without anxiety about non-perfection. Oh, this world is never going to be perfect like we want it. It's too complicated. There are too many frictions, all the moving pieces bouncing into each other. There will always be things we don't like and things we like. We're built that way. We're wired that way. There will always be things we fear, things we worry about. We're wired that way as human beings in our brains to survive. But yet, when we can taste this one thing amongst all things, even as all the things move and intermingle, that there is a unity, a harmony without distinction when we can live in this realization. We are somehow in an instant without anxiety, even as we are fearful, even as we're in the emergency room with our sick child or worried about what tomorrow may bring. Simultaneously, without pushing any of it away, there is no fear, no anxiety. In a world of great imperfection, suddenly there is non-perfection that is just perfectly as it is. To live in this faith, to live in this realization, is the road to non-duality because the non-dual is one with the trusting mind. So now I've spoken forever. What have I said? Not much. Thus the Shinshin Ming closes with these words. Words! The way is beyond language. Stop talking about it and get to it. For in it there is no yesterday, no tomorrow, today, even in a life where we regret what happened yesterday, perhaps, or long for what we loved yesterday that has left us, long for it to return, even in a world today where we're just trying to live as best we can, even in a world tomorrow where we, we either run to our dreams, what we hope, the things we think we need to be happy tomorrow, or the fears we have. Someone wrote me today and they want a Buddha statue because it will make them happy. They want to buy it tomorrow. Drop all thought of Buddha statues tomorrow or fears tomorrow or regrets yesterday. Drop all thoughts of yesterday to May, today and tomorrow and just feel this great flowing that flows from yesterday into tomorrow and from tomorrow into today. Just cast out your arms and go with the flowing, be the flowing. There is no yesterday, no tomorrow, no today, no words needed, just this. We still have no video for our sitting, but we do have sound and we do have each other. Let's just sit for a while.